Oh, hello there. Uh, Welcome back to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and with me today, as always, is my right-hand man, my little buddy, my tiny guy, Scott Kelly. Yeah, me. How you doing today, Scott? I'm good. Are you up good. to date on Morgue Pie's latest shenanigans? Uh, nope, apparently not, from what you were just telling me. All right, so I was I was just talking about this, but to let everyone else know, uh, our boy, fellow Florida man, Moist Critical, put out a little video talking about Morgue Pie and how she's the uh, the 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 genius behind most of Twitch's like sexual meta. Basically, she's the one that started the topless meta. I think we gave her a mention in that uh, episode where we talked about that. But after coming back from her bands and whatnot, he posted a. a video talking about what she's up to now and essentially she's like standing on like a full body jiggler thing she's got a shake um, weight in her hand and then she I'm, has a mirror I'm watching behind his her. video now yeah she has a mirror behind her so you can see the 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 legs and butt all just j- jiggling away and we were saying i believe at that point why not just watch porn <laughs> yeah because i was saying i would judge you worse for you telling me that you watched like a Morgue Pie stream than for being like, yeah, I was watching porn the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just like, it, uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, why not just go watch porn at that point? Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's actually. Shelby actually watched that video with me uh, and she was like, I don't know. Her reaction was kind of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Which I think is exactly what most people's reactions would be. Like, if you're kind of familiar with Twitch and you're, you're... I feel like if you have a general understanding of Twitch, you're like, yeah, some people are like streamers on there and like most of them played fucking video games and shit. Uh, yeah. And you got this like seedy underbelly of just like ASMR and booby streamers and all that shit. And you're like, what is this? It's like I think I think my thing is I look at that and I go, "There's actually zero artistic value in this." You're you're not you're not displaying a skill. You're you're not doing art or anything artistic. It, it is one hundred percent for the coomers to come drool over and for you to make money. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I I 100% I I mean at this agree. point I I wouldn't even doubt if it's just uh, like someone like her is using it like I don't I don't know what kind of terms OnlyFans has I feel like I've heard before that they're not very great and they skim a bunch of money off the top <clears throat> like maybe it's just like a loophole she's trying to use or that others are trying to use to like oh I could make a lot of money doing this not only that but like i could have an OnlyFans as well and then promote my OnlyFans to get people like over to my OnlyFans, make money off that where it's like it's even like you know obviously like full nudity whatever well, but like doing I, mean, I know she does all that stuff yeah i don't know yeah i i think this is just like a funnel to get people to that stuff yeah it, it feels like a funnel and potentially like you could make money off it they're not going to skim as much off of like i don't know i mean i've heard bad things about twitch as well but i mean if you're just receiving donos like 
I, I, I feel like donations straight up, like you get to keep all that money where as I've heard, like if you're getting donations or any, any sort of money off OnlyFans, it's basically like some of that's cut from the top for, for OnlyFans to take his revenue. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's what I've heard. I don't know how any of that shit works. <laughs> I, I don't I don't fuck with it. I don't know. I think it's stupid. Yep. I think it's stupid. Anyway, that was just a minor update on our, our friends over at Twitch. Uh, the real episode this week is about Rebel Moon, part one. Child of Fire. Yeah. What was your initial impression of this movie like what were you hoping for going into it actually um i don't know i just kind of kept I, I kept my expectations pretty low i mean we had seen the reviews i think other than that i was kind of like yeah I, from what I, I had understood it's a essentially a reskinned star wars script in a way um yeah. And I mean, it's Zack Snyder as well, so it's kind of just like, eh, you know. But yeah, I was I wasn't expecting too much. Yeah, I feel like that's what we got. <laughs> yeah, not too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like. I, I'm gonna say after watching it, I I think I align a little bit more with the audience score on this. I don't think it was terrible i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna say it warrants the 25 percent. i do feel like some of these critics are being hard i feel like there's a lot of people who are drinking the star wars fucking juice on this and obviously this is going to get compared to star wars being that it's a, a Zack snyder sci-fi yeah, kind of film. in that that vein just to like add to that uh i yeah. do think that critics just hate Zack snyder yeah that's fair I think I think it's I think it's a multiple. Yeah, I think it's like they hate it and they're I don't know. All the reviews I was reading from critics were just like, "Oh, it's just copying Star Wars. It's just taking classic sci-fi tropes." I'm like, "No shit, it's a fucking sci-fi movie. Everything's just a copy of everything else at this point." Yeah. Like it, it's very difficult to be fully original in any capacity. And it's just like everyone's trying to be like, "Oh, Star Wars, Star Wars." And I'm just like, "Take a fucking step back. Stop drinking the Star Wars fucking Kool-Aid." And just like view it from like a whole different lens. I was like, I get it. There's a lot. There's there's a lot to look at as far as like tropes and whatnot uh, within Star. Like I feel like they're, they're you know, for example, towards the end, I feel like it, I I started f feeling the themes of like the the f you know with Star Wars the father son trope of like evil father running shit son who's you know, gonna work to overthrow him or, yeah, or stop the big that, bad earlier in the movie, like shoot out in a bar with a bunch of aliens or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I, I, I felt like that didn't bother me as much. Cause I, I, I don't know. I felt like the flavor was kind of good with it. It felt much more. Maybe it was just the scenery, but it felt a little bit more Western. Yeah. I would agree. I actually really like the ship designs for this. They remind me of mm -hmm. uh, that game Marauders that we used to play. Yeah. Um, I definitely, f as far as like the bat, the big bads, the, you know, the, the soldiers and all that, it felt very inspired by Warhammer, I would say. 
That's how I kind of described this to Shelby. I was like, it's like mm-hmm. they took a Star Wars script and they injected enough Warhammer 40K into it so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be uh, like a direct rip from either one of them. Yeah. Um, but you you definitely get the feeling that like Admiral uh, Noble is Noble. like an Imperial Commissar almost where he comes in and is just like, yeah, well, even like it, it's discipline, a, you know, you have like the, the guys in like the guys in robes that are following along with them that like seem like they're there for some sort of uh, like some sort of ecclesiarchy or like religious practice. Like uh, that's yeah, kind of what, they, what seem. they call them, but it's, it's not like Adeptus Mechanicus, which would be the uh, Imperial name, but they had like a mm-hmm. cult of the machine kind of thing going yeah. on. I was like, well, that's 40 K. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, it definitely felt like it, it took things from, from, uh, you know, different sci-fi genres and, and, you know, franchises. Um, I, I will say one thing, um, you know, people, I think were talking about the laser swords and like comparing it to lightsabers. I'm like, they actually are, uh, I, I did not they feel like enough that I didn't feel like they were lightsabers. Is that what you're yeah, going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't feel like those were a rip because they, they 100% call them swords. She uses them as just plain swords for a while and then, like, kind of ignites them. Yeah. Um, well, even it, the, like, uh, kind of elite guard or whatever, they've got, like, they seem more like Warhammer power swords than, yeah. uh, like, lightsabers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, definitely, it, in my opinion, it almost felt more Warhammer than it did Star Wars. Like, I don't know why everyone's comparing it to Star Wars, probably because that's all they fucking know. Um, yeah. It felt so much more Warhammer to me in that, like, it felt like a much more grimdark universe where you have this, like, it, I, I don't know. I felt, I, I feel kind of like in Star Wars, like, the Galactic Empire is a thing, but they're not really kind of like as unjustly just, like, rolling through. Like, like them, you know, the, this imperial you know the what is what do they call it the king's gaze or whatever this dreadnought just coming in and be like yeah we're just taking everything like fuck you guys that felt uh, a lot more warhammer to me like exactly oh uh you guys have food we're the imperium we're mm-hmm. on a crusade give us your food <laughs> yeah and then we're leaving bye yeah um yeah, because that very much seems way more in the vein of Warhammer of like, uh, you are just cogs in the machine, and the machine is a machine of war. All right. Yeah. So if you're not contributing to the war. Yeah. Well, and even like, and and even like in the regard of like, there is really no active serving king or emperor. It's just the regent. It's just this dude who is like the commander of all of the forces who's kind of like, well, the king's dead. There's no one to really replace him. So like, I'm going to kind of fill in here. Yeah. Figuring shit out. Um, versus like Star Wars, which is just like the very clear emperor. And then Vader, who's like kind of all like running well, shit. The names too feel like they come from Warhammer 40 K like, yeah. Atticus Noble. Uh, mm-hmm. General Titus, Regent Belisarius, and there's literally a guy in uh, the 40k lore named like Belisarius Call or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would I would say also with the with the accents, it felt uh, I, I've always kind of I, obviously Warhammer. I feel like leans a lot into like the Germanic um, uh, European influences. 
uh, fantasy, but um, yeah, I would say forty k. It kind of depends on like what you're looking at because you're if you're yeah. looking at like nobles, it's going to be a lot more of like Latin kind of names. Okay. Uh, whereas if you look at like um, little regiments of like Imperial Guard, right? There's a regiment of Imperial Guard to basically represent like every army that's ever popped up in uh, the world's history. You know, so you'll have yeah. like the Tanith that are all like vaguely uh, Gaelic. They're like a combination of like Irish, Scottish, and some other things. Uh, you'll have the Cadians that are like, um, they're basically the, the space Marines from aliens. Yeah. Uh, you've got like, uh, Oh shoot. The Catachins that are like a combination of like American and, uh, Australian. Um, just like the wild boys in space with the big guns and the yeah. big guns. That's what, like, big guns. <laughs> as far as like Star Wars, like I've always felt like Star Wars is like you're gonna have a straight up like Americanized accent, a British accent, like Obi Wan and a few other characters, or like you're an alien. Um, also probably just speaking with an Americanized accent versus like this had definitely I I, I felt like you had so many more. Accents kind of thrown in where like yeah, like your main characters Latina. You've got uh, yeah. Charlie Hunnam's character who's like got a stage Irish accent. Yeah, so say he had uh, Irish. The the Atticus uh, Noble has like hard uh, English yeah. accent. Well, and just the uh, like from the village from the very beginning, it felt like a lot of them had very kind of Germanic accents or like Nordic. Yeah, they were very clearly based on like scandinavian culture yeah because i was gonna say they i mean he even goes like oh let's go have a cup of ale in the longhouse uh um, let's go and have a cup of ale in the longhouse yeah yeah Corey stole doing that like i will yeah. say most of the <laughs> accents in this movie are like not great no no <laughs> i'll say they're yeah they're not great but i mean it was very interesting that they felt the need to like throw so many different ones in there to differentiate yeah. Then you got Jimon Honsu doing that, uh, like, African accent. I don't know what mm -hmm. that would be, like, West African? I have no clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can just, like, generally talk about uh, casting here. We have, like, mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins playing a retired war robot, basically. Yeah. Um, and kind of functioning as the narrator, because he's the one that's narrating in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you do get the feeling that he has, like, an almost Odin-type character. Like, he's the one watching the action. And even at the end of the movie, his character turns around, and he's got, like, the, the horned headdress on, and you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, um, I was very confused by that. I was kind of like, it, he's just, like, watching out off in the distance as they ride back towards the, the village. Yeah. I will say, I do like the casting here. Like, Sophia Boutel. Oh, yeah. I thought she was good as the main character. I like Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Jimon Hansu, like we already mentioned, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I think Ray Fisher was a very good Darian Bloodax, and he did have that like, like an American accent, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, Michelle Huisman, Gunner. I thought he was good. He plays like a good like, I'm a capable guy, but I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. As like the farm boy that goes along with them. Uh, Bay Duna, pretty famous Korean actress. Uh, mm -hmm. she's great. She plays like, like, a, like Nemesis. Yeah, like a stoic swordswoman. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of unexpected. Carrie Elwes as the 
King of the Galactic Empire. I didn't oh, know yeah. that was him until looking at the casting page right now. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the last movie I saw him in, apart from like Princess Bride or one of those like high school parody movies. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't remember. Fra Fee, who plays Regent Regent uh, Balisarius. I think he's a little bit too baby face for the uh, how he's supposed to be playing like a I would say probably like middle aged guy at the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he's young though, and he shows up in that scene where he like collects Korra from the planet that he's like annihilated, um, I think he looks appropriate for that role. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of these characters we just like haven't seen very much of yet. I'm wondering if they come back in part two. Um, I'm I'm assuming oh, we're gonna see. I mean, especially um, uh, what was her name? Blood X. Uh, uh, yeah, Devra uh, Blood X. Yes, Devra. I assume we're going to get... I mean, obviously her brother just died at the hands of the Imperium, so we're going to see her, I'm, I'm sure, come back with a vengeance. Yeah. And then also, like, Eris, the soldier that's, like, trying to keep the other ones from uh, performing illicit unconsensual acts with the, the village girl. Mm-hmm. I assume he'll come back in part two and be like, a, yeah, I'm going to fight with you guys. Cause yeah, you, you know what? I just, now that I'm thinking about it, he didn't really, like, they kind of just, like, up and left him there with the village. Yeah, he just disappears <laughs> after yeah. that, like, fight scene, basically. Huh. I don't know. Um, yeah, just, like, scrolling through the page here of uh, the cast. The cast, it looks like a lot of these people are probably going to be coming back in part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked, I liked a lot of the characters, but they don't give you very much opportunity to like get close to them. Like Tarek. Uh, so, so it's funny you say that because I was sitting there watching it and I went, you know what? I feel like this suffers from the opposite problem of like Ahsoka, where it's just like you have a whole lot of nothing that just dead air, just nonsense that we don't need to see. That it's just like you could have taken Ahsoka and made a movie out of it. And I watched this and I go, you made a movie. This might have done better as like a, a series. I honestly, I don't think so. I thought about that and I was like, I don't think this would have been good as a short series. Even like really? a four episode one, I don't think it would have done good. Yeah. I, I just, I think my thought was like, we're getting introduced to these characters as you're assembling this team. You're assembling this sci-fi Avengers team. Um, to lead your force against, you know, the the dreadnought as it comes in to kill these farmers. And I'm just like, the first, you know, you, you immediately hop over and like, yeah, uh, uh, Tarek is the first one that they go to kind of retrieve. And it's just like, we get like a little bit of him. We get like this, the whole scene with the griffin and all that. And then he basically just leaves with them. We don't know too much about him. And then they almost just uh, like immediately I mean, we know that he's a prince. Uh, yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. Which I don't a even think is it. He saw his planet destroyed or something. Yeah. I, I, was that even addressed? In, uh, was it addressed that he was a prince at 
at that point, or was that towards the end? When I um, think it came out a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Admiral uh, Noble is like yeah. Ah, Prince, he, what's his name? Yeah, because I feel like Admiral Noble is the one who kind of gives us. Because I felt like the same thing with Nemesis, like, and that was kind of the same thing as like you you hopped immediately from Prince Tarek to to Nemesis. She got her little backstory. Um, or like her little like introduction story, which is her fighting this loaf like alien spider lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with her uh, swords. Yeah. And, and it was just kind of like the, the characterization there of like, I know what it is to know a mother's pain or whatever. And then it comes yeah. out later. Like she assassinated a bunch of. Yeah. I, I feel like, officers. I feel like Noble was really the one who like gave us more insight into what these people were like feeling or like uh, more well, insight into their background. Like they give you a little riddle for each one when they introduce you. And then yeah. he's the one that like gives you the answer to the riddle in case you haven't like figured it out by then. Yeah. No, that was, I, I don't know. I think my thing was it felt a little rushed as far as like, okay, we're hopping over here. Oh, hey, why don't you join us? And then it's just like, they, like, Nemesis goes and fights this spider alien. And then it's just like, all right, I'm out. Like, let's go. And it just kind of felt like they were hopping from place to place, picking up a, a single person, just kind of on a whim very quickly and then moving on to the next place. Yeah. And kind of like I think most of the arguments against this movie are like A, Zack Snyder's overuse of slow motion which I agree with mm-hmm. uh, B, it's very predictable Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily feel like predictability is a bad thing though um, if it's like giving you what you're hoping for and C, it's just like it really walks that line on personal interpretation of is this effectively using tropes or overusing tropes? Yeah. Um, no, um, I felt like the slow mo was quite a lot, uh, especially um, in that in that tavern, uh, the in the bar fight shooting scene. You yeah, get like so scene, much slow mo. Uh, when the dreadnought first shows up, she like spills yeah. the seeds in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, in her little background story, when she's mm-hmm. talking about like her climbing the ranks of the uh, yeah, so military. much of the fighting is just shown in slow mo there. Yeah. Um, and and I think the other thing, it, it definitely was a little jarring to me is some of the camera work, like some of the um, what do you call it, the blur in the background. And, like, the way he was, like, there's so much blur blurring out, like, everything in the background and trying to focus on these characters. And to the point where I've noticed, like, a lot of times, like, the actual picture is, like, distorted. There's some warping I noticed of, like, characters' faces or bodies, like, in the background. Um, They're just out of shape. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you caught any of that, but I was just, like, some of it, I was, like, he's using a lot of this blur and, like, trying to focus in on the main people. And I get that. But like uh, some some occasionally I'd, I'd hit like one of those like jarring. I'm just like that person's like straight up like their their like face is stretching. Yeah, uh, I mean typically if you have uh, something like close up to the camera that is mm-hmm. in focus and the background is out of blur, you would call that like a foreground shot. Yeah. Um, or if something's like in the back is in focus, but whatever's up close is uh, blurred. 
blurred you'd call that like a background shot there's also like interesting shots where like something in the back starts in focus and something mm -hmm. up close is blurred and then it shifts to focus on the thing that's in front and it blurs the background that's called a rack shot uh so yeah there's a lot of that going on i think the distortion is probably them using not like a fisheye lens maybe not something that extreme but like using something to try and draw your focus more so to whatever's in mm -hmm. uh focus um yeah and so like the distortion could be from like whatever lens they're using or yeah. whatever like editing techniques they're doing to try and pull your attention to whatever it is they want you to look in the, at in the scene mm -hmm. um I don't know i i do kind of wish that uh especially like her backstory like the the lover dying and then her like charging the hill and all that stuff i wish that that had been not in slow motion because it would have seemed a lot more violent then mm -hmm. um i know a lot of people they like to slow down action scenes so that you can like see the connection and like that kind of stuff but a lot of times I feel like it's just, it, how do you describe it? Um, it makes you withdraw from the action that's happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it actually feels less violent to me in a way. And something like this that's supposed to be, I think this is PG-13. He probably wanted to make it R originally, mm -hmm. but uh a story like this that's supposed to be pretty dark should come across as pretty violent um and i think it do i think it do be suffering a little bit from that <laughs> <laughs> no uh no i agree it i feel like and, and granted it probably wasn't his choice again like you said he probably wanted to go r-rated with it i feel like it, it could have served better to go even more mature with it um but i don't know yeah. They don't they don't want that. Netflix doesn't want that. Uh probably not. But I don't know. I I think twenty five percent is too low. I think I don't know. I think critics I could understand like a forty from critics. Yeah. Um I think yeah. eighty, like four out of five people would be like pretty chill with this mm -hmm. from like a general audience is probably about an average like good what you would expect from a movie like this where like yeah the issues that we've talked about are things that critics are really gonna get hung up on you know but i think that most people are generally willing to overlook imperfections on a story that i think is actually overall pretty fun yeah um, i was gonna say i i enjoyed the story i uh... I don't know. I, I think I think it is like you're getting complex characters. You're getting something Star Wars not isn't giving us, which is complex characters and good fucking choreography. Um, and again, I, I I think at least at least our main character, uh, what was her name? Cora. Cora. Yeah. So at least like Cora, I think we're getting some some complex backstory. Everyone else, I feel like. And maybe they're going to leave that for part two to flesh out a little bit more. But even then, you're giving us like you're giving us hints or like tidbits 
of like what they're doing and it's like there's something there like it, it there's definitely some caught like you can build a very complex backstory to these characters based off what you're giving us yeah. whereas like i feel like star wars has kind of failed to do that absolutely um i and, also it, feel like because this is a two-part thing mm-hmm. right it's uh this is get, supposed to like set you up for the next movie and yeah. i think that it does that well enough because uh, when this movie ended, I was kind of like, oh, I wish the other one was coming out sooner so I could just like hop into that. Yeah, quicker. I was going to say, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, um, I'll be interested to see what they do with the second part. Because I, I mean, it, from what I've heard and from what everyone has said, like the second part is supposed to be like the real meat and potatoes. Yeah. This is setting us up. This is giving, like, this is basically setting. This is giving us the setting. This is giving us some some characters and the minor stories. And I feel like, yeah, the second part will be where things get really fleshed out. Yeah. And because you have all your characters together at that point, you're going to get more opportunity for, um, like, character development. Because the way you develop characters is not, like, solo individual stuff. It's, like, interactions, right? Mm -hmm. It's showing their actions and the way they respond to like other people's actions um and i do think that they like they give you enough to know what like each character is about in this movie right so you got Tarek, he's this guy that's in chains and then he's got this like majestic uh griffin that's also in chains and when he escapes the griffin escapes and he's like yeah like that's that's us we are one and the same you know mm-hmm. um then you have like nemesis who's this like uh heartbroken mother basically and um you get that like she doesn't want to take like innocent lives you know but she's like more than willing to take uh evil lives i guess yeah um I feel like the characters you don't get too much with are like General Titus. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were saying with me reading reviews and listening to reviews and things that they were like, oh, you've got this like genius general and you didn't get to see him like put his skills to use like at all. And it's like, well, they, they have no one to command. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, he's a general. He's probably good at, he's probably good at commanding troops and like, yeah, like, battle strategizing yeah like top down kind of stuff yeah um which i think if part two like really nails the like warhammer battlefield fighting kind of stuff like mm-hmm. oh we've got like trenches and we've got like ambush type stuff and uh fortified positions and that sort of thing like i think they can do a lot with it and like have a, a really interesting cinematic battle uh yeah. I do think that the the setting for the fight is a little odd than being like, yeah, we're just gonna we're all trying to protect this little village, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than it being like the spaceport or like a like a tactical sort of position, you know? Like yeah. what's the best fight as far as like big troops and things like that in Star Wars? Probably Hoth. I was, I was about to say Hoth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Hoth is a loss for the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you get to see them like with the guns and you get to see the yeah. Imperials doing like a ground assault and how they're like actually very effective. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, do you think the, the girl, what was her name? The girl from the very beginning, uh, Sam, is it Sam? Blonde is it, girl. Is it Astrid? I can't remember. Greta? I think it's Greta. I think it's that Josephine Lindegard. Oh. Uh, yeah. Either way. Um, yeah. So... That, like, has the conversation with the robot? Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think... Because we don't see her parents. I, I don't believe so. She's not. If I think she's like a reincarnation of the princess, I was just gonna ask if you thought she was the princess. I don't think she's the princess. I think it's like, uh, essentially confirmed that like the princess was also killed. Uh, yeah. If it turns out that she is the princess, I'll be fine with that. I think yeah, it'll so be a little weird, but my my thought was kind of like, oh, perhaps like they just assumed she's dead, but really like uh, obviously Cora's entire job was her protection, and I, I'm assuming there may have been a struggle. She was trying to get the princess away from assassins or people who were trying to kill the the king and the queen. She got her out of there, and then they crash landed on this this farm planet um, because I thought it was interesting how they they. It, it's hinted at the the Jimmy makes a, a comment about that when he's sitting there talking to her like oh you look like the princess and then they are the, the soldiers there are making comments like oh well they refuse to like they refuse violence or they refuse to pick up arms since the princess like their entire job was to protect the princess since she died they refuse to pick up arms and then he picks up that gun and shoots the guy holding her hostage yeah. So that was my thing was like, maybe it's just symbolic, but also maybe it could be that she is actually in like his programming kind of kicked in. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be another thing that people were like, oh, that was so uh, predictable, you know? Yeah. Um, it would also be weird for like Cora and her to be there. Um, it would make more sense for like why Cora decides to go and I don't know. I feel like if Korra knew that she was the princess, she wouldn't have hesitated whatsoever to like go mm -hmm. protect her from those guys. She would have been like, oh, yeah, like my charge is in trouble. I got to go like save her. Um, I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no. So, yeah. So actually, yeah, it is Sam. Sam is the name. Oh, okay. Um, so, and she is confirmed, played by Charlotte Maggie. Uh, and she is confirmed to be in the second one. That makes sense because they're going back to the. Yeah. Who the heck was I looking at? They just said uh, her character Sam is described as a kind and hardworking farm girl who warmly welcomes any outsiders to come to her village or that come to her village. Yeah. And then apparently she's about to be in a film with Nicolas Cage. So. Oh, well. Thought he was like. Um, I thought he said he was like basically done with films now. Nicholas Cage. 
Yeah, I thought I remember hearing like after like he's done, he just did that A24 film. Well, yeah, I thought I thought I read somewhere after that A24 film, he was like, yeah, I think I'm I'm done. But apparently, he's going to be in this upcoming psychological thriller called The Surfer. Interesting. So taking a step back here, uh, mm -hmm. as a Star Wars script, what do you think this was about? Um, man, I feel like I 100% know what I think it was about. Like, are you talking about like specific characters or yeah, just sure. like general theme? Um, who would fit in there? Man. Um, who, why am I blanking? I 100% think that this was a Mara Jade story originally. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think that Korra's like, oh, I didn't protect the, the king and uh, the princess. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that was like, oh, I was supposed to protect the emperor and I wasn't there whenever he got killed by Vader. Um, I think oh. that was what her backstory was originally. Uh. And then it got rewritten into this like more, uh, yeah, I think that because it was about Mara Jade is why Lucasfilm didn't want to touch it. That's fair. Cause you're, you're delving into that non-canonical, um, yeah. expanded universe. It would, it would be a story that would heavily involve Luke Skywalker because Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker get married. Well, kids. we all know they hate Luke Skywalker because even though he was the chosen one, he's not the chosen one. The chosen one's Rey. And somewhat famously, inside of Lucasfilm, there were people that had like posters up of Luke Skywalker with like a, a circle with a line through it over his face. Yeah. Um, they they said they said even though the Force is female, the we won't we we draw the line at Luke being anywhere in this film. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I think is a real loss. Because that's yeah. basically exactly the story that they would have wanted was like that like people would have wanted was like oh like a, a Luke Skywalker that's probably played by a younger actor um, like falling in love and like getting to see uh, Leia and Han have kids like yeah. that that's exactly what people wanted whenever they thought that the uh the sequel trilogy was coming out and instead we yeah. got that dog shit yeah. um and so for him to like go to lucasfilm with this and be like yeah i want to do like a mara jade movie and maybe show like maybe a trilogy where she meets luke i think lucasfilm and kathleen kennedy in particular would have been like absolutely not yeah um and I think from there it got switched into a bit more of like a, like everyone else has been saying, like a Seven Samurai or uh, what's the Western based on that? It's like Seven, the Magnificent uh, the, Seven or something like that. The, yeah. The... Um, but people like comparing it to that. I think that came mm -hmm. in after that. Yeah. Um, I just, I think people need to, stop dick writing star wars so much and i don't know just like go into something with an open mind because I, I don't know i i think i think from a lot of what i read it just sounds like there's so many f little star wars fanboys out there who are just like yeah this is trash because 
it wants to be Star Wars and it's not. And I'm like, I don't... I mean, I don't think that it wants to be Star Wars. I, I don't think, think so he, either. He thought he had the bones for a good story. And yeah. uh, he thought that it would fit in Star Wars. And when it, they it shot would, him down, he changed but... it enough that... I, I think that this actually stands on its own pretty well. Uh, yeah. I agree. Out of 10, what would you give this? Uh, I'd give it like six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere like seven-ish. Just like a, a good C movie. I feel like it's yeah. one of those movies that back now, in the day you would have seen on FX playing constantly. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I'll bump it up to a seven. I think I did enjoy it enough. I think it is something I would watch again. I think I, I would also recommend it to people to watch, especially knowing that we are getting part two that could potentially be even better. And this is setting us up for, you know, setting us up for that. So I think, yeah, I think I could give it a, a seven, a, a decent C. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a solid flat C, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I I'll say like there wasn't a point where I was watching where I was like why the fuck am I watching this it, it really I was you know fairly entertained through the entire thing yeah I would agree that's what kind of confuses me about a lot of the uh, like critical reviews is mm-hmm. like I just don't get why they're being so hard on the movie bought and paid for by I Disney I will say that the Google users has gone down since I think last week when we were talking about it I think it was like 80-something percent back then. Now it's down to 77%, which feels closer to being right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think that I'm, like, excited for part two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly no, just because I... I wonder, like, how they're going to resolve this. Yeah. Do you know when we're supposed to get part two? I know it's it's in post-production. We're supposed to be getting it. I believe April 19th. Soon. April 19th. Not too far away. No. A few months away. Yeah. Especially being as uh, it's December 27th now, so. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I don't know. I I'm excited for that. And then I pull up like I pull up like, oh hey, what are some what are the the upcoming Star Wars releases? And it's like the first one I see is fucking Young Jedi Adventures. God, that looks like you took Star Wars and turned it into a fucking Nickelodeon AI generator. And went, we're making a kids show. That's what I don't get, dude. They're so obsessed with like Star Wars is for kids, and it's like uh. I think you can make movies that appeal to adults and children. Like, that's what Pixar did for years. That's what Star Wars used to be. Uh, It used to be that you have, like, these family movies that can deal with, like, adult topics that also are, like, okay for kids to watch. And, like, oddly enough, recent Lucasfilm has been like, oh, no, Star Wars is entirely for kids. Star Wars was always meant for kids. Which I think is rooted in like back in the day George Lucas knew that like the only way he was going to get movies made was like toy sales yeah uh and so he was like making movies that would uh you'd be able to sell the toys for but I mean 
I just, I shake my head because I'm like, I, I don't know when, I think it's just a, an issue with like writing, right? Like bad writing where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we don't know how to write a movie for kids and adults. Yeah. I, I think it's, I don't know. I think, I think it's doable. I, I, I don't know. I also kind of feel like hiding kids from adult themes, like, uh, I don't know, something like morality, right? Which is a difficult conversation mm-hmm. to have as an adult. And yet also to not assert that like, yeah, no, there actually is like good and evil in the world. And that, uh, you have to make the decision to be a good person, <laughs> right? Like hiding people from that kind of stuff is, uh, kind of foul. Like, yeah. Cause it like compare this to the star Wars sequel trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. In this, you have a character that like conceivably was evil was like, uh, part of the, the galactic, uh, empire. Um, but then like, makes the decision to go live on her own and then makes the decision to defend the village and then makes the decision to like collect fighters and things like that um it's it's a choice driven story whereas Mm -hmm. in uh the sequel trilogy for like half of the movie ray is like i just need to go home now and you're like what the fuck are you talking about your home is a shithole yeah like you spend all day on a flight simulator, apparently. <laughs> uh, why would you want to go back to that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, every other character... Like, there, there's no choices being made from Ray whatsoever, mm-hmm. ever, in those movies. Um, yeah. And you end up really frustrated because you're like, you can't even argue with the character's decisions. You can't even be like, oh, I love this character so much, but they just do the the dumbest things. Like, because she never makes a choice. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm Steam now. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it yeah, they, I mean they just they took Star Wars and it's I don't know. I feel like after watching this it's even more apparent that it's just like it's gone to shit. Yeah, because I would like, feel like this is better than pretty much any Star Wars stuff that we've gotten. Yeah, I was like, if you if you reskinned it as Star Wars and you gave me Star Wars, but with like this story and like these sorts of characters, their backgrounds, and everything, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, but they just want to like. That's that's my thing is like, you push this like forces female thing, and give us like some of the worst written female characters and Zack Snyder writes Korra and we get someone fantastically written and very like complex. Yeah. Even if you don't like the depiction of like how a lot of that comes out, um, Mm -hmm. she still has motivations. Yeah. And I'm just like, Kathleen Kennedy wants to, Kathleen Kennedy wants to do this so bad and she just fucking can't. Yeah, that's what's kind of funny is that, like, you get some pretty good, uh, like, female characters, too. Not just, like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I'm I'm a strong woman. And then you ultimately feel like they're just kind of, like, an ineffective male character. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you have like Nemesis, who is a mother. That's a very like mm-hmm. <laughs> to use some sort of quirky terminology, like that's defined feminine energy. Um, you've got Korra, who is a also a, a protector, right? You've seen her in both roles. Like her first role was uh, capturing planets and leading campaigns and that kind of stuff. But then you also see her as this. Uh, her job was to protect the princess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now her her role is to protect the village. Yeah, uh, she is a leader. She convinces a lot of these characters to join them, even if some of them yeah. like General Titus. It's it's kind of short. Yeah. Uh, um, you also have Deborah. Yeah, we don't Deborah. we don't get a lot of, but like we know she's a leader of you know this rebel faction. Yeah. And I've seen some complaints too, but these are just like, I don't know, knuckle dragger complaints where it's like, oh yeah, her brother was this like charismatic leader. And then, uh, what do they do? They get rid of him to make room for Devra in the second movie. And it's like, uh, I mean, I felt like she was kind of already touted as the leader. Like they went, when, when they talk about them, they go, oh yeah, like Devra Bloodaxe, the leader, and then her brother. It's like her brother is mentioned kind of as a secondary from the get go. Um, so yeah, no, I feel like they, they build these really good characters, but I also feel like they have like they have a strong cast of male characters as well, where they're not like being overshadowed. And that's the thing in any like, way. When Nemesis is fighting the spider thing, it's not Korra who goes and saves the kid; it's the farm boy, right? It's, it's Gunner. Like, Gunner. Gunner runs in there and, and saves the child, and is working to protect her. And he, and you know, even even at the end, you know. Who is it that ultimately frees everyone from these paralysis robots? It's Gunner. Gunner, you know, Gunner yeah. frees Korra, who then, you Gunner know, manages. Steps up, he, he kills Kai and then sets everyone mm-hmm. free. Yeah. And I mean, it, and, and not only not only does he do that, like, he's recognized. Like, they do a good job of, like, at the end, they're like, hey, you, like, they, they give Gunner his recognition. You. They yeah. said, Gunner, like, you're, even though you're just this, this farmer you stepped up like you showed courage because like i feel like that was his that was his story is like he's just this farmer and he's kind of in over his head through this entire thing he made a bad decision and like now he's taking the steps to rectify it yeah and it's like you you give him this like he's very clearly scared but like you see him building this courage you know with with like at first kind of having to step up and and you know he's in the, the the bar fight with everyone you know not doing a whole lot, but then you know, stepping up, saving the saving the child during the fight with Nemesis, and then yeah, towards the end, freeing everyone and you know, really putting himself at risk. So it's like it, you get character development, you get this growth, and yeah. it's like we can look forward to seeing like okay, well now coming in the second movie, he's going to be kind of thrown into this war. Is he going to step up and become uh, like uh, you know, become a soldier? Is he going to become a leader? Yeah, I mean, because that is like the interpretation right is that uh the old leader of the village gets killed and then now it's like his responsibility and so now he has to be the one to lead the village and while he does have all these people helping him and they're probably going to be the ones like training the villagers he's going to be the one that they all look at and go oh if gunner can do it and he's one of us then we can too you know yeah so like it's it sets up the story nicely yeah um yeah i'm a little frustrated that like 
I mean, I've said this like two or three times now, but like I'm a little frustrated with the the critics on this because like, yeah, there's a lot to be boo-hooed about with the movie, mm -hmm. but it also is fairly well written when it comes to the characters. Yeah. I, I think they're so focused on tropes. You look at all of the critic reviews and everything they say is tropes, tropes. Oh, it's just, it's regurgitating the same sci-fi tropes. It's just trying to be Star Wars. It's looking at like what Star Wars does. It's just like, no, it, it doesn't. I'm like, yes, it, it's going along with some sci-fi tropes, but I feel like everything does at this point. Star Wars just isn't given shit because it's Star Wars. It's one of the biggest and it started a lot of this, but I, I don't think we see any other up and coming franchises like, like coming out of the blue and, and you know writing good characters and and doing some new things I mean, without when's the last time we got a sci-fi movie that was not based on a book yeah or, oh, exactly or just a uh, a remake you know yeah uh, no, I can't say we have. And that's why I, I think I think you have to look at it as like, yeah, it's going to use tropes of sci-fi. It's a sci-fi movie. It's going to use some of these already established tropes that we've seen. I mean, this genre has become one of the best-selling, most acclaimed genres in the world. Yeah. I mean, sci-fi and fantasy are like the two Our biggest dogs. things. Yeah. Pretty top dog. Yeah, I just think that if they can like really kind of nail down the uh, the 40k like doomed defenders kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, I think they're gonna the nail the next movie. Yeah. Um, maybe they will take out some of the slow mo. I hope they do. Yeah, um, hopefully he he hears some of the critiques on the slow mo and backs off of that. Draw it back a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and also to see kind of like the the resolution of some of these characters like jimmy the robot it'll be cool to see how his story ends mm -hmm. um he's going to go rally the other robots and be the leader of the robots <laughs> and then and then what's going to happen is the uh, our our trusty band of of heroes are going to get into a tough spot they're going to crash land in a, in a in a forest on the same planet and uh, they're gonna be—they're gonna find the robots living together like the Ewoks. <laughs> and the the, the the robots are gonna eat the Imperial soldiers, just like the Ewoks did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. So yeah, I don't think there's much else to say i think uh, i also I, I did see our our boy charlie moist critical did review and he he did not he did not enjoy it he was a hater yeah he didn't like it uh critical drinker didn't like it there's a number of people on youtube i saw that were like meh yeah um i think mostly because a lot of them are comparing it to like i don't know something like star wars or something but that's that's the feeling i got so yeah I think everyone's just kind of like oh it's so derivative but uh nah 
I don't see anyone making original stories nowadays. I agree. Huh? That's all. That's oh, all I really got on that. That's all I got. I'm pooped. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you listen this far, thanks for listening. As always, music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Give him a listen. And if you want to contact us, you can do that. You can email us at cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com. Or you can X us at Twitter X. Uh, at Bad Pipes Pod. And if for un- some unhinged reason you wanted to financially support us, uh, talk about movies, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Bad Pipes Podcast. Oh, I'm so sleepy. It's it's been a it's uh, it's been a lot going on. Holiday season, you know. Holiday season. You know what? Everyone, drink a lot of water. Drive safe this New Year's weekend. And uh, kiss we'll, your dog good night. And we'll see you Holiday. next year. Bye.